Coming up on this episode of An Older Gay Guy Show. Billy Porter, I, like I mentioned, I, I'm, I've known him since the early 90s when we were both like pursuing our dreams on Broadway. And I interviewed him at length before his big break. Well, he had all these Broadway credits, but before Kinky Boots happened on Broadway, the musical that he won his Tony Award for. And good day, my friends. Thank you, as always, for joining me today. Well, I'm recording this on Friday, May 29th, and today, today, it marks 11 weeks since I have been in isolation for this charming little virus that is visiting us. Now, Paco has been doing the runs to pharmacies, grocery stores, the different things we have to do. The only time I venture out of my house is late at night to take my dog to the park that's right next to our house. So I have not been beyond where I can see from my house, which is really weird, you know. For all I know, I am now broadcasting this podcast out to people that don't exist. Maybe the world is now a big apocalyptic, well, it wouldn't be apocalyptic, uh, a viraloptic, a viraloptic world. And we are the only ones staying in a house and living a somewhat normal life inside the house. I don't know. I don't know because I haven't seen other people. It's really, really weird. But oddly enough, I, I mentioned this in another episode, but it's now probably a couple of weeks later. Paco and I still, after 11 weeks together in this house, we've not had an argument it's really strange. We have not had a fight. We get along so well. And I don't know if that's a good, is that a good thing? Well, I guess that's a good thing. It should be a good thing, I would think, right? Yeah, I would think so. Now, very quickly, just for one minute, I do want to mention that if you are looking to lose weight, if you have a few pounds maybe five pounds, maybe 10, up to 20 pounds that you want to lose. Summer is coming. We might actually be able to be outside during the summer and you want to look your best. So over on my beginner diet and fitness show podcast, I'm doing a 10-week diet. Now, I moved the starting date. It was supposed to start this past week, but so many people had contacted me saying, are you out of your mind? You can't start a diet going into Memorial Day weekend, and then there's the 4th of July. Are you out of your mind? <laughs> so I listened to what people said, and what I'm going to do is I'm going to start the diet the Tuesday following 4th of July weekend. So that's going to give everybody all through the month of June and through the 4th of July weekend. And I even am not starting it on the Monday following the 4th of July weekend, just in case there are a couple stragglers coming back from somewhere. So the diet is going to officially start on Tuesday, July 7th 
and it's going to run through Tuesday, September 15th. So really the only holiday that you have to worry about is Labor Day. And is that like really anything that you have to worry about? I don't think so. So by then you're going to be feeling so good and you've lost enough weight that you are going to be inspired to go that extra week without breaking your diet on Labor Day. So do check out, please, Beginner Diet and Fitness Show. And that's a podcast that we will be doing the diet on. And there's a little introductory thing on there right now. And I'll be adding to that. Today, I have an awesome show for you. This is a show actually that I won't say, oh, I hope you're not a first time listener. Or if you are a regular listener, please ignore this show. <laughs> it's one of my crappy ones. No, this is one of my best shows. And I have to thank my good friend for coming by and giving me a wonderful, wonderful interview that I know that you are going to enjoy. My guest today is a sweetheart of a guy. His name is Randy Slavacek, and he is the host and writer of the Randy Report podcast and blog. And we had a wonderful little chat, and I just know that you are going to enjoy this. Launched in 2011 as his sassy American soapbox, the Randy Report blog covers the daily news cycle regarding politics, pop culture, and entertainment news of interest to the LGBTQ community and its allies. Recently named one of the top 13 LGBTQ plus blogs you need to follow by PR Newswire, the Randy Report has also been recognized as a top 50 LGBT blog by Feedspot.com. In addition to the daily news updates on the Randy Report, you can follow the companion podcast of the same name, where he offers a weekly 15 to 20 minute roundup of the top LGBTQ news stories, as well as celebrity interviews. Past podcast guests include Emmy, Grammy, Tony Award winner Billy Porter, Dancing with the Stars and America's Next Top Model champ Niall DeMarco, Vanessa Williams, Judith Light, Olivia Newton-John, Rita Moreno, Betty Buckley, and many more. You can follow the Randy Report podcast on iTunes, Stitcher, iHeartRadio, SoundCloud, and Spotify. The title of today's episode is Interview with Randy Slavacek of The Randy Report. I am Joey Hernandez. Thank you for joining me. So tell me, my friends, are you tired of your isolation? Do you have a boyfriend who is isolated somewhere else? Are the guys on Grinder so tempting that you're going crazy? Well, AdamMail.com has a plethora of fun. That's my new big boy word, plethora. AdamMail has a plethora of fun just waiting for you. How about a beaded shooter lube launcher? One of their new products. 
and I kid you not. Try saying that three times fast. Beated, shooted, lube launcher. Beated, shoot a lube launcher. Beater, shooted, Anyway, yes, that new rocket launcher, plus many other sexual needs and delights are available at adammail.com. And as a listener of this show, adammail.com is offering you a special deal, 50% off, that's 50% off, almost any one item, and you also get free shipping. Go to adammail.com and enter the code AOGGS, standing for An Older Gay Guy Show, at checkout for your discount. And now, ladies and gentlemen, without any further ado, here is Randy Slavacek of The Randy Report. Randy, do tell us, please, how and why did the Randy Report get started? Ah, so back in January 2011, I think it was, I was reading gay blogs. It was something I came across a few years before, like JoeMyGod.com and TollRoad.com. And I got into a habit of starting my day sitting at my computer and reading the news and opinions of people that I thought were smart on these gay blogs. And then one day my husband, Michael said, well, you know, you should start a blog. And my first thought immediately in my head was, oh great. So only two people will read it and it'll be kind of pathetic. <laughs> and I just thought I, I can't do all that. But anyway, cut but to that's the how chase. It, everything starts, right? Yeah. I mean, it's, it's you and your friends enjoying it and then it spreads out, right? It, well, fortunately for me, it did. I didn't realize what would happen. The first month, that was like near the middle of January 2011, at the end of the first month, I remember somewhere I had like 300 hits or readers. And I'd shared posts that I'd made on Facebook with my friends, and they were coming and reading. And then it was about, I guess, two, three years later, I had 200,000 readers. <laughs> which God bless everyone for coming. It's so much more fun when y'all read. So thank you, thank you, thank you. But I've grown now to to that pretty stable 200,000 readers and I never dreamed that would be the case. I just started writing. How different is, now you have the Randy Report podcast, which I listen to always, and mm -hmm. you've got the Randy Report thank blog. You. Um, how different are those? You know, should one be be doing both in order to get a full amount of news, or are they kind of similar in content, but you obviously do it differently, writing compared to voice? Absolutely, and yes, you. If to get the full Randy Report experience, everyone should please check me out every single day on the internet at therandyreport.com and my podcast, which you can find everywhere you can find Joey's uh, podcast, The Randy Report. Indeed. Uh, on Apple and uh, Spotify and uh, iHeartRadio and all of those places. They're different in that the blog is always my own thoughts in the moment, my own take on things. I don't really use a certain formula in my writing um, it's whatever is in front of me, as as you know, and I, you've mentioned in the past. You know, sometimes 
I'll just see a picture of a hot guy and it'll be a post that I call just because dot, dot, dot. And it's just someone I admire and I admire all types of men. And so it's furry men, older men, younger men, you know, whatever. It's just something that catches my eye. There's something in clothes, maybe they're in a speedo, something, never any nudity ever. And, and you know that you and I, retweet each other's tweets constantly but you know absolutely that those just because is uh, is an automatic retweet as fast as i possibly can get it out <laughs> i appreciate that you know it's it it's the randy report blog is kind of a reflection of my mind is how i think of it and that's how it started out you know back in 2011 it began like most blogs began, if you remember back in the dark ages then, in the late 2000s, early 2010s, blogs were web journals, you know, so we we wrote about our thoughts, they were personal essays. But over the years, this thing started happening where my opinions about the news and politics and celebrating great things that were happening for LGBTQ people like uh, marriage equality in this state and that state and blah, blah, blah. I started sharing that. And slowly, without me even consciously thinking about it, the Randy Report became more of a news outlet. And I I didn't plan on that, but, but that's where it went. The podcast became kind of like a companion piece. If I can, I'll jump back a little bit in around, gosh, I can't even remember the years anymore, but maybe late 2011, I did an interview on uh, an online radio show on blogtalkradio.com with a woman named Candy Fox, who's super fun. And she interviewed me about uh, my past career as a Broadway performer. And we really hit it off. And about a month later, she was looking for a co-host. And my husband, Michael, again, with the big idea, he's from New Jersey, by the way, again, with the big idea, he's like, well, you should contact her. You know, you talk a lot. I'm like, thank you, honey. <laughs> and, and so, you know, it's a gift because you have it too. Um, it's hard to carry a conversation on when you're doing these kinds of things. But I reached out. She loved the idea. And so for two and a half years, the Candy and Randy show was on Blog Talk Radio, and we had a great time. We had two live online radio shows, Thursdays and Sundays. I can't believe we kept that up for so long. And then I finally stepped away just because my, my life was getting busy, and it was a, an appointment you know, twice a week. And it was something that I committed to, but I needed to step away because I was starting to get a little burned out. And after about a year, I realized I missed sharing LGBTQ news that I thought was important. And I also felt that if I can use the word hallmark, and I'm not patting myself on the back, but a, a trait of the Randy Report, either the, the podcast or the blog, is a lot of people don't want to read a 2,000-word article on news that they should really know because it gets really hard, and we don't have time for that. So I pattern my writing and my podcast on brevity. And so as I say with my podcast, you can catch up on political, pop culture, and entertainment news of interest to the LGBTQ community and its allies in like a 15-minute podcast. So once a week, if you don't read a lot of news, you can catch up with what I think are the top headlines in 15 to 20 minutes. I do not drone on, and I cover different subjects and stuff. And and for me, that's what I would want. So, And I've actually gotten emails from people saying, I really appreciate that you condense this, and I can like listen in my car or on the subway or this, that, and the other thing. 
And I'm kind of the same way with the Randy Report as well. I'll take reports from the New York Times and Washington Post and Reuters, and I'll condense it, you know, a 2,000-word article down to maybe 300 words so that you get the point. And I always have my source material and say, for more details, go to the New York Times, go to the Washington Post, go here, click here, click here, click here. So that's kind of how it became what it is. Now, the Randy Report podcast it is actually like the perfect length for people that are commuting to work. You know, it just falls right in that perfect length of category. How do you choose, both with the blog and the podcast, how do you choose what subjects you're going to write about or talk about? You know, there's so much in, so much in the LGBT community. How does one pick and choose? Ah, uh, That's such a good question, too. It differs from the podcast and the blog. With the blog, I basically follow the daily news cycle, and it's the stories that I think people should know. Originally, it was really all about LGBTQ things, but politics has become such a big thing in our lives, especially with the current administration. (laughs) In terms of LGBTQ issues and the community, that there's a lot of politics just in general there, but also a lot of entertainment in general there. If it catches my eye, I write about it. And so throughout the day, every single day, less on the weekends, but every single day, I don't think I've taken a day off in like six years. It's what catches my eye in the moment that I find compelling. And when it comes to the podcast, it's a summary of that. So I, when I record my podcast, I look back at what I think if you had 15 minutes to catch up on the news, here's the the top two or three international LGBTQ stories, the top two or three domestic LGBTQ stories, entertainment, and music. Because I also, I'm a big believer in supporting independent LGBTQ recording artists, because when I grew up, nobody, no singer was gay. No pop singer was gay. No soul singer was gay. No, nobody was gay, as you know. I know everyone was closeted, and now that we live in a different time, I am aware that a lot of these emerging indie artists can't catch the eye, maybe, of a Billboard.com or PaperMagazine.com or any of those large outlets. And so I get pitches from publicists all the time. I will say this. If I write about a piece, especially when it comes to pop culture, movies, um, television, or music, I never want to squash anyone's dreams. So if I write about it or talk about it on the podcast, I have to like it for some reason. I have to find it compelling. I don't write about something and say, oh, listen to this awful thing. I don't ever, ever do that. That's not my job. Um, I will say, just to qualify things, I do have a bachelor's degree in musical theater. I was a music minor. So I, I do have an education in theater and storytelling and music and singing. And so I feel like I have an, an educated opinion about these things. But also, when it comes to the blog and the podcast, it's the Randy Report. So it's my opinion that kind of counts. So, you know, and I tell him with that, it's my opinion, but I have to like it. If it's on the Randy Report, either iteration, I have to like it. Uh, You may know I write for instinctmagazine.com almost every day, five days a week, sometimes more. And they hired me two years ago, specifically in our conversations, we were talking about me writing for them. And I said, well, what are you looking for? And they said, what you do, 
we need we need hard news. And you know, in the LGBTQ space, when we go to the big websites like uh, newnownext.com or uh, lgbtqnation.com or Toll Road, they have hard news and um, no one, they, they, they were doing hard news at instinct, but they didn't have like a dedicated person. It had kind of become my thing. I am a member of NLGJA national lesbian, gay journalists association. I'm a lifetime member of the NLGJA. I made a point when I started writing to study journalism, because especially when people pay me to write, which is, you know, what I really do for a living now, I want to make sure that people are getting their money's worth. I, I follow AP style as much as I can. Although in the LGBTQ space, you can have a little bit more flavor and spice, as I call it, a little bit, little sass. But when people pay me, I really want to give them a, a proper journalist experience. And I try very, very hard. To, I triple read all of my stuff to make sure grammar, syntax, structure, all of those things are in there so that people don't think that they're reading some kind of hack thing. When I write for Instinct, more so. With the Randy Report blog, though, I give myself a break because, as I just said, it's what? The Randy Report. So if I want to write three sentences and say, oh my God, I just saw this really cute video and look at this hot guy and this is my favorite thing today. I get to do it because no one's paying me and, and that's my thing. So, you know, it varies where I'm writing. I also write for like high-end magazines like here in Las Vegas where I live. There's a magazine called Vegas Magazine, which is a high-end, glossy, luxury thing. And I write for them uh, as a professional writer. I really like writing for them because they pay well and they pay on time. But none of that has to do with LGBTQ uh, content, really. But they hire me as a writer because they like my writing, fortunately. Thank you, everyone. Thank you, thank you, thank you. People like eating, so. <laughs> so you write for those magazines. You write for Instinct. You write for the Randy Report blog. You do the Randy Report podcast. How the hell do you find time for all of this? What's your, what, what's your day structured like? Well, first of all, at one point, we're dog people in my household, my husband, Michael, and I. At one point, we had six small dogs. We didn't plan it. It happened. Uh, we had his teacup chihuahua who lived to be 17. And along the way, he gave me Sabrina, the mama dachshund. And another friend gave me Bruno, who's my best friend in the world, who's passed now. Bruno, the wonder dog, uh, who was the daddy dachshund. They had three kids. So we had six dogs at one time. For the most of the years, there were five. And they got us up at 5 a.m. because it's time to eat. They crawl up your chest and part your chest and say, hey, daddy, time to eat. And so we were up at five. And so I'm generally now because of that, trust me, it was not in my nature to be a morning person at all. But it worked out well because now I sit down at my desk generally by 7 a.m. every day. And the good thing about that is now that it's kind of been worn into my psyche, you know, the news cycle starts over on the side of the country where you are. I'm three hours behind. So, you know, by eight or nine o'clock Eastern time, things are starting to happen in the news cycle. And if I wait until nine o'clock my time, it's noon your time and news has happened and I'm old news if I write about it. So you have to be up and at it if you're going to cover the daily news cycle. So my day, I'm in my chair at 7 a.m. pretty much most days. So obviously the big thing worldwide, it's, it's historic. It, it's something that we've never seen in our lifetime, COVID-19. Has that affected your operation of the Randy Report in any way? Because obviously we're tied to our homes. And has that been a beneficial to you or has it been an impedance? 
Well, for one thing, it's given me a lot of content <laughs> to write about every single day. Uh, fortunately for me personally and my, my health and the health of my husband, knock on wood, we have not been affected. We are very careful. I know there are different people in the world right now who have different opinions about all these things, but we land completely on the side of science. So when we go out to do grocery shopping or run to a Walgreens or something, uh, Lowe's or Home Depot, which everybody in the world is going to Home Depot now. My husband is finding all of these chores and projects to do around the house. I'm like, honey, slow down. But we, we are doing a lot. Oh my gosh. But we, we go out, we have masks. Um, in the beginning, I was colored. I, I had pulled out his old bandanas that people used to use, like in their back pocket. In another day, perhaps your listeners might know a little bit about that. But we had different colored bandanas, and I would color coordinate my bandana face mask with my T-shirt, and which probably advertised to the world exactly who I am. Why not be stylish during a pandemic? Absolutely. <laughs> But uh, now we, we have ordered, uh, we don't have these N95 masks or anything like that, but we have actual uh, face masks that are black that'll go with anything and they're heavier than paper. And we use the masks. We have hand sanitizer in our cars. When we get into the car, having gone shopping, we use the hand san- sanitizer. We come home, we wash mm-hmm. our hands for 20 seconds, singing happy birthday twice. We do all of that. Um, we are not having a ton of people to the house. We have one friend who has just moved here to Las Vegas in the past year. He doesn't have a lot of friends, so he's not socializing. So when he comes over, we know he's not been interacting with a ton of people. Even when he does, we do continue the six feet social distancing. We ask him to wash his hands. The first thing he does is he goes into the sink and washes his hands. So in that way, just in very minor ways, because let's face it, over 90,000 Americans have died. And I am, sir, I have nothing to complain about uh, in, when you look at those people uh, who have passed and their families, and I feel for all of them. But in terms of work, um, I sit down at my desk at 7 a.m. and I start writing. Unfortunately, I'm a homebody and I'm not jonesing to get out there. I know a lot of people in the country are. And if you're a beach person, you know, my husband grew up on the, the Jersey Shore. If you're in Florida or California, things like that. If you're a hiking kind of person here in Las Vegas, a lot of people hike Red Rock Canyon. They closed Red Rock Canyon because it's a national park. And so uh, they closed national parks. But it hasn't impacted me personally. But I have written about every single day there's, there's something new, and I try and share as much as I can. So the people say educated because, like I said, I fall on the side of science when it comes to this. And I just want people to form whatever opinion they have, but do it from an educated standpoint and read the science. And so a lot of what I'm writing these days is sharing that as much as possible. It's not... I don't want to stay in, so I won't. Um, it's none of that. And I understand it, though. I can understand from the job point and for people needing money and all of that. Absolutely. But if, say, like in my case, I I am fine financially. I've stayed in now. I'm on my 10th week. Um, yeah. But for those that don't believe in it, but they're not. They say they not, they work at home. It's not that that inconvenient work wise. What is the big deal about just being cautious, whether you believe it or not? 
I mean, just in case, just in case, I'm with wear you. a mask, wash your hands. Is that's yeah. like nothing. Yep. You know, it's <laughs> it's it's not. I, I'm so with you. I'm so with. I mean, what does it cost? What does it cost you? I just don't understand it. I just don't understand. It. I I guess it's a matter of rebellion. You know. So, it, let me ask you about Twitter. We follow each other on Twitter. We retweet. You'll have postings of what's going on with the Randy report. And then you will retweet other things from other people that tend to be definitely leftist in views. I have run into a problem on my podcast when I think it was back probably in 2016 during the election when I said, hey, everybody, you got to get out and vote. You can't let this nut job get in the White House. I heard from Republican gay couples, which sounds like those words shouldn't go together. So I try, I've taken myself out of politics as much as possible. Have you run into any problem because you retweet and you're kind of known for being on the left? Such a great question. No, I, I don't. Well, let me not say no. Do people troll back? Yes. Do people kind of attack me? Yes. But nobody is ever surprised by my position because I, I share all of my articles on Twitter, and it's no surprise who and what I am. Nobody is <laughs> would be surprised to find out the Randy Report has a specific political leaning, um, and that would be a political leaning towards sane. <laughs> towards sane. <laughs> on the Randy Report podcast, you are through Apple Podcasts as mm -hmm. well. And um, people can rate you there. Do you have problems with rating because you're on the left? Do people give a lot of one stars, which brings your your average down? Have you run into that? You know, I haven't. I'll tell you why. In general, I don't look at what people think of me. So I looked up one day because I do know the ratings and the star ratings and the reviews are very important on Apple Podcasts. They're very important. And in the beginning, when I started the podcast, I was a bit obsessed with, because people told me, you know, this is very important. This is very important. I'm one of those people that when I start something, I want to learn as much as I can about it. And so I research things. And one of the things you hear about podcasting is, is you, you have to, you know, have a high rating and, and be one that this, that, and everything. And so I would go on back then it was iTunes. Now it's Apple podcasts. And I was concerned because I wasn't getting a lot of reviews. People just listened to me and go home. They, they didn't go to iTunes and say, oh, my God. Now, and I do have, like, some reviews. And I used to know it was, like, 20, 30, 40 or something. I forget what it is. I can't even pull it up now because I don't know how to use um, Apple Podcasts. But primarily, they're all positive. But remember, you're such a great personality. And people tune into you to hear your personality and your awesome stories. And it's so much fun. And that I can see why someone might, if, if someone suddenly gets, oh, oh, Joey said something about oh, politics, oh, oh, you know, if they're going to do that, they might say something. But if you're listening to the Randy Report podcast for the news, and I really try and report the news with the facts. I don't put a lot of personality into it. I, well, I have a little personality. Every now and then there will be a quiet pause and then, hmm, so there's that. But for the most part, I'm reporting the news. And so I, I don't think about looking anymore. I'm kind of like, I think the last time I checked was like six months ago. And I, I, I was surprised however 
many, there were more reviews than the last time I'd seen. But I don't really get trolled on the podcast because the people that are listening to the podcast know exactly what they're getting. But but I'm kind of a political guy in and of that, whereas people might be surprised uh, for you. I mean, if you suddenly mention, like like you mentioned in 2016, someone might go, wait, wait, or rut roll. Yeah, I I try very hard to stay away from it now, just because since that last election, 2016, I am always watching news. Paco hates it, but I will always watch news to the point where I am upset all the time. And I don't want to bring that into my show and upset a lot of people yeah. also, you know. So let's just imagine 10 years from now, where will you be? First of all, physically, do you think, living? And will the Randy Report be going on? Or what are your aspirations for a decade down the road? First of all, my husband and I have talked about, we thought we wanted to retire to Palm Springs because we love Palm Springs. I love Palm Springs. It's it's great. It has a great LGBTQ community. But the thing is, we kind of realize we live in Las Vegas now. We love our house. We're in the desert already. We can visit Palm Springs. Now the thinking is we might, if we save our ducats and are really thrifty, we might buy a place in Puerto Vallarta, which we love. We go there once or twice a year. If you haven't been, I can tell you exactly where to go. And it's awesome and it's fun and there's a big gay community. But we thought about that or maybe buying a vacation place there and going back and forth from Las Vegas to Puerto Vallarta. And the same thing with Palm Springs. We just like being comfortable where we are. I love my house. I mentioned earlier I'm a homebody. I am a true homebody and I love my house. I don't get into spending a lot of money on vacations. And I'll be honest, you know, I understand completely having had office jobs in my past, why people want to get away and go on vacations. Absolutely, because you need this brain break thing. But I almost feel guilty when I go on an actual vacation because I, I'm at my house working every day. And when we built the house, when I bought my first house in Los Angeles 20 some odd years ago, it happened to have a pool. When I was growing up, I thought the idea of having a swimming pool was like the greatest thing in the world. Oh my God, we have to have that. Oh, I couldn't just imagine. And so by chance, the first house I ever bought was a lucky financial deal and it had a pool and it needed a lot of work, but it made sense. And in the end, it all worked out. But every house I've had, this is my third house now, uh, has had a pool. I like floating in a pool with a glass and my plastic sippy cup of Chardonnay and I say sippy cup because everyone has to be careful in a pool that you don't carry glass in because if it breaks, you have to drain the stupid thing. But at the end of the day, around four or five o'clock, when it's warm enough, I like to float in my pool. And so I feel a little guilty. And oh, let me finish that thought, though. So I have this pool and, you know, we built it when we bought the house. And over the years, I kind of amortized that into if we went on a lot of vacations, instead of that, I have a pool. And I like my pool and I like floating at the end of the day and the sun is setting in Las Vegas and it's really nice and I like it. I don't spend a lot of money on vacation. You post a lot of pictures with your feet and the sunset behind it. Ah, such a life. <laughs> of my <That's> feet. Wonderful. <laughs> yeah. Cause you know, I, I sit there and I go, nobody wants to see my wet hair and face and everything, but I want you to see the view. So I do that. And so I, I I like that vibe. I like a, a comfortable vibe and all that. We do take vacations every now and then, but you know, 
And I love that other people do because everyone doesn't have a pool. And I don't want to say, look at me, I have a pool. I'm, I'm some guy or something. I don't feel that way. I just, we spent that money and in my head, I amortize it. You know, you mentioned the acting career. Back when I had jobs and didn't have jobs as an actor, I learned to jump into starvation mode really quick. And so I think in the back of my head, a lot of us, if you came up kind of financially tough, it's always kind of there. And so I don't ever take money for granted. And I don't know what's going to be there next year and 10 years. So I, I enjoy my pool and I enjoy my being 15 feet from my refrigerator with my Chardonnay. And I like that and all that. But, but now regarding the blog, I will say, and I thought about this last night because I knew we were going to talk. You know, I never thought about this, but the blog, the Randy Report, has become literally an extension of me. And it's almost, I don't want to use, for lack of better language, and I really mean that when I say this, for lack of better language, it is something that is an obligation in my life to me, to me. I know I have readers that are there every day, and I feel like there's information getting out there that I think is important. And if I don't post, it has happened in the past that something's come up. I've had a dog that was ill. I've gone to the vet. And by noon, if I haven't posted, I have had readers email me saying, are you okay? Because you haven't posted anything and we think something's wrong, which is very, very touching to think that that this guy out on the internet might concern someone. And it, it really touched me. And so the Randy Report has become such an extension of, of me. I go... My husband will tell you, especially back in, in election years and things and, and during same-sex marriage, that I mean, when the dominoes were falling so quickly state by state by state, I would be at a party and I had an app on my smartphone that something would happen and I would go into a bedroom at a friend's house at a party and blog from my smartphone, tick, 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 tapping on my little tiny. And I would, I would blog because I thought this was important and I'm getting it out there. Can you believe? And my husband would not always be super happy. <laughs> and no one's ever heard that. But yeah, I've, I've been at parties and, and my, my, my hosts will like come in and go, are you okay? Is the story up? Can you come out now? <laughs> and I'm like, I'm good. Okay. That is, that's dedication. Oh my God, that's awesome. That's awesome. You and I spoke about uh, the fact that with Apple Podcasts and their, their listings of the most popular podcasts and all of that, that oftentimes for podcasts that aren't in production, sometimes those are the ones that are also ranked very high. Yeah. My point is, isn't it wonderful to know that, you know, both you and I are not you know, 20 years old anymore. And when we do finally take that final leap, all of this will remain forever there. And there will be people that will listen to these things. You know, it's, it's a beautiful thing. The listeners that we currently have that interact with us like that, that are, are so caring. I had, uh, you probably know, I had some surgery on my tongue a few months ago. Yeah. I had about a quarter of my tongue cut out. Because uh, of cancer, and everybody, I had got 750 messages and emails and best wishes. But w- sometimes, when listeners will contact me in a message or an email, I always respond, and sometimes they'll respond back, and we'll go back and forth a little bit. 
where I get to know them a little bit. And as you know, sitting at your computer with this microphone in front of you and you're recording a podcast that you have no idea who is listening to it, you know, it's going around the world. It's nice sometimes to be able to imagine some of the listeners that you're speaking to. And it really makes a difference for me in my uh, emotional uh, attachment to this. That is magnificent. That's fabulous. I couldn't have said it better. Exactly. I found out over the years, for instance, with my blog and the podcast, I have a measurable straight audience. And I was really touched by that. I mean, these are people who are allies and they want to stay up to date. And I was really touched by that. Um, And like I mentioned, the emails, when I don't post by noon, the fact that someone is thinking about me or someone appreciates what I do. I never kind of thought about being appreciated or, or anything like that. But then when I did, it was really touching to me. As I mentioned earlier, you know, the, with Apple podcasts or iTunes podcasts, whatever, in the beginning, I would check, I would type in LGBT. Now we say LGBTQ, but back then it was LGBT. And I would see, you know, all these other podcasts on Apple doing better than me. I'm like, well, you know, they've been around and look, they have all those reviews and stuff and good for them. And, you know, I, there's room for everybody, in my opinion. While we were talking, I looked on Apple Podcasts now and under LGBT, I'm like number 17. But in some of the podcasts above me, they haven't been in production like for three years, but they have tons of reviews. So there's an algorithm at play and there's all this stuff, blah, 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 blah. In the beginning, when you set out to do all this stuff, especially if you're someone who strives for perfection or you want to strive for your best, you're thinking, you know, I, man, I want people to hear this. And, you know, certainly with an older gay guy show, same thing. It's like you, you want people to hear this because you put time and effort into it. Your storytelling is so awesome. Oh, thank you. Thank you so much. And then you, if you look at these things, you go, oh, well, what can I do? And over time I used to check it. And then about, I guess, a year or two ago, a year and a half ago, I just kind of stopped checking because I'm I'm aware that there's an algorithm at play that I can't control. I can't make people review me. I can't make people listen to me. I do know by by the fact of the matter, you can even type in LGBT and you find me in the top 20 that, that I'm like, well, thanks everyone. I appreciate you listening. Much appreciated. And I can see similar measurements on iHeartRadio and Spotify and and all of the other Stitcher, which I get a lot of readers from Stitcher, uh, listeners from Stitcher. They're awesome. But it does come to mean something. It really does mean something to know that that you're making a difference. In addition, what we haven't one thing we haven't talked about is, you know, I do my news roundups, but I also do interviews with people on occasion and I alternate my episodes with an interview like with the creator of Amazon series After Forever the the director and writer and the star of the series Kevin Spiritus I knew from my Broadway days and he created this digital series that's what we call it now it used to be a web series now it's a digital series that got picked up by Amazon and won five daytime Emmys 2 years ago <laughs> including best digital series and so I interview, I do lengthy interviews from 30 minutes to an hour with people like that. I've interviewed uh, Billy Porter, the star of Pose. I've known Billy, I've known Billy since the early 90s. Kevin Spiritus, did he used to be on Days of Our Lives by any chance? Yes, he was. Yes. Yes, Dr. Craig. Yes, yes. He's he's such a great guy. And you know what happened with him was 
in our interview, what we found out, he, he shared with me, you know, he got to be of a certain age, as we put it. And I, I know you relate to this because you're so awesome about making those of us of a certain age look great. Thank you. <laughs> he got to be a certain of age and he wasn't being considered for certain roles and he's openly gay now. And so he met up with a head, one of the former head writers of Days of Our Lives, and they started talking. They created the series, and then they cast it, and they shot it, and it kind of took off. And next thing you know, After Forever wins five daytime Emmys, including a Best Actor Emmy for Kevin and Best Digital Series, Best Writing. There was a Best Featured Actress. It, it got like eight nominations, and the only reason it didn't win the others, they were nominated against each other. Make your own. You know, it's like you and, and your show. It's like, make your own opportunities. And God loves the people who create their own opportunities, in my opinion. So I've interviewed Judith Light, um, who's a huge LGBTQ ally. She's a great friend. Um, my friend, Vanessa Williams, who I went to school with, uh, who's been a long, we've just never grown apart, and a longtime LGBTQ ally. And a lot of out musicians like Matt Zarley and Justin Utley, Billy Porter. I like I mentioned. I, I'm I've known him since the early '90s when we were both like pursuing our dreams on Broadway, and I interviewed him at length before his big break. Well, he had all these Broadway credits, but before Kinky Boots happened on Broadway, the musical that he won his Tony Award for, and then after Kinky Boots, he landed Pose, and now, of course, we all know the rest of that story, which has been so successful. I, I didn't know of him, I believe, until American Horror Story. Really? Yeah, yeah. He, it, it's been, and you know, one of the things I can share about that as someone who's around other LGBTQ artists who are striving for something is, and Billy has said this in interviews, and he, and he said it to me, was he was working all these years since he got to New York in the early 90s trying to achieve this dream. And today he realizes he didn't know that his dreams weren't big enough. He never dreamed that this all could happen. And he went to an audition for Pose, FX's acclaimed series Pose, about the ball culture in the late 80s uh, at the height of the HIV epidemic. And he went and he was actually being seen for the dance teacher who is beautifully portrayed by Charlene Woodard, uh, who's another Broadway alum, famous for Ain't Misbehaving, and I adore her. But he went in for an audition for the role of the dance teacher and he did it. And when it was over, he turned to the casting person and he said, you know, this really isn't what would take advantage of my talents. I appreciate that you saw me, but it's really not what I would do. And so they passed that on to Ryan Murphy, the creator and the you know huge Broadway producer and director. And they contacted him weeks later and they said, well, what do you think is missing? What, 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 what do you see? And he said, I think you need a father figure to these people. I think you need, I was there. I, I think you need this. They listened to him, Joey, and they created this role for him. And now he's won all these awards. And it led to, because Ryan Murphy fell in love with his work, that led to his working on American Horror Story, all these other things. And he's, he now says... And now he's everywhere. Yeah, everywhere. Now he's everywhere. He has kind of taken over the male version of Lady Gaga mm -hmm. in her original conceptions. Yeah. What else do you want us to know about the Randy Report podcast and website that maybe I haven't asked about? You know, the only thing I would say that people may not know about being a blogger or a journalist or even pulling my material together for the podcast is 90% of what I do a day is not writing, but it's reading. I do not 
start writing and just think that I have all the answers. And especially because when I'm writing for news outlets, I want to be factual in all of that. And I don't want to just pull a quote from the New York Times or from Reuters or from the Associated Press and link back to it. I want to really understand. So when I write a story on the Randy Report or when I share it on the Randy Report podcast, I have spent four times as much time reading and researching. So there are days that I look up at the clock and I'm like, Randy, you haven't posted on the blog in an hour and a half. You've just been reading. But you have to do that if you want to write from a position of some kind of authority and not just, I don't, I don't pretend to be an opinion writer, except, except when I throw in my little sassy moments here or there. If you're reading me, you know what you're getting, but I'm, I'm trying to give you the facts because I want people to understand what the facts are and then base it from there. Someone once asked me, part of the reason why I started the Randy Report, jumping back to the beginning, the circling around, Someone once asked me at a party, I shared something about the news cycle and I said something and someone stopped and said, how do you know that? And I said, how do you not? And I don't mean that in a crunchy way. It's just, I'm so interested. I have spent my whole life being curious. I really, really have. I spent my whole life being curious. And part of the reason why I started writing was I thought, well, if, if I know this and I think it's interesting, then I'm going to put this out there because someone else might think it's interesting. I want people to form their own opinions based on the facts. What I don't care for is when you see the ton of stuff that we've seen on social media where people just sometimes even read a headline and they don't even know what they're talking about and they form an opinion based on a headline. Folks, I need for the listeners right now, I need you to know that sometimes a headline is written I hate the word clickbait, but I'll say a headline is written so that it interests you and you click on it. And I see a lot of outlets that put out a headline and then you hear people repeat it as if the headline is the news itself. You've got to read, you've got to learn the facts yourself and then form your opinion. And that's really important to me. It really, really is. If you lean a certain way politically, great, as long as you're educated. But if you're someone who just goes off half-cocked because you have a feeling, I mean, God bless you for having a feeling, but just so you know, find, get the facts. And I want people to have the facts. And so the long version is that, you know, I read a lot, a lot, a lot, a lot. People would be surprised how much time I spend my day reading. You know, when I do a 15 to 20 minute podcast that shows up uh, of the news roundup that I do, that has probably taken, because I have to script it, I want to make sure I'm pulling exact information, I record it, I trip over <laughs> my own speaking. Words that I have written, I trip over at the microphone so embarrassingly, and the easiest way I've found to do it, by the way, if anyone's listening who wants to start a podcast, uh, I'll let Joey be the expert, but also I will say the best way I have found to record your podcast, because I used to stop, start, go back, delete, do this, do that. And now when I record my episodes, especially the news roundups, I will just let the tape play. And when I trip over myself, which I do all the time, I stop, restart, and you just do another take. And then you, once you're done, then you take out the trips and the tongue bites and all of those things and what you get. But it does take, my 20-minute my podcast probably take me 
three to four hours to do, to script, to write, to record, to edit, to upload, to blah, blah, blah. Yeah, it's, it's a lot more than just talking at a microphone. But by the way, you do it so well. Like You make it sound so easy. Your storytelling, I don't know how you do that. I, I'm so impressed by it. I really am. Well, first off, thank you so much for saying that. That's very sweet. I really do appreciate that. It sounds really weird, but all my life since I was a teenager, really, I've kept journals of things that have happened, especially like really cool, hot things, you know, and I'll, I'll make notes. And then when I look back, I'm like, oh yeah, I can imagine that whole story in my mind mm. again. Um, and then I'll, I'll, I would generally do script as well. Uh, I edit as I go along, which is horrible, but at least when I get to the end, I know, okay, I don't have to now go back and yep. edit an entire 45 minutes. It's like, okay, I just have to edit five and I'm done. <laughs> Sounds very strange. Yes. Please tell our listeners every single way that they can find you and the Randy Report. Oh my gosh. Uh, first and foremost, uh, to read the Randy Report blog, go to therandyreport.com. That's easy enough, therandyreport.com. And to listen to my podcast, it's the exact same name, The Randy Report, and you can find it on Apple Podcasts, Stitcher, Spotify, iHeartRadio, just about everywhere you can find a podcast. I am at, and I generally post my news roundups, uh, LGBTQ News of the Week, every single week. And my interviews, I post in the middle of the week so that it doesn't throw off that schedule. When I get off recording with you, I have an editing session myself tonight. And uh, But look for therandyreport.com, and there you're going to find all of the links and everything. And I appreciate anyone who, who reads me. And I also appreciate the people who leave comments in the comments section on therandyreport.com and for the podcast. I appreciate feedback. I really do. I may or may not. I, well, first of all, I'll tell you, I probably won't change course. Although I will say this. One last thing that I'll share is early on with my podcast, I was doing my news roundups and a listener reached out and said, oh my God, everybody hates us. Because all the stories that that week were darker or negative or you know, the 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 gay cleansing in Chechnya was going on at the time and something else and something else something else and i learned a lesson from that i did take away from listener feedback i went there has to be a balance and so i make a point of all of my podcasts and the content on the randyreport.com that there has to be a, a balance of up stuff, of uplifting things, of lighthearted things. And so I always include both the light and the dark because that's the way life is. And I don't ever want anyone to think, oh, I'm going to listen to the Randy Report and it's going to be so dark and everyone hates us. So I, I learn from my feedback. I really do, which everyone should, I think. Yeah. I've adjusted a couple things in mine. Um, but for the people that just don't like it, too bad. <laughs> you know, go away. Then that's okay. Click to someone else. Ninety-eight percent of the time, if if you don't like what I'm saying, then I'm probably not your cup of tea, and that's okay. That is totally yeah. okay. <laughs> Why don't you give us a quick rundown of your social media? For those people on social media, you can find me on Facebook if you look for the Randy Report, and you can also find me on Twitter at Randy Slavacek, and on Instagram very creatively at Randy Slavacek. And I appreciate all the follows and I read all the comments and I just appreciate that we're all in this together and we share. So thanks for listening, everyone. And thanks for reading and thanks for being a part of my life all these years since 2011. This was awesome, Randy. Thank you so much. This was a really good interview for me. Oh, you're super nice, Joey. You're really good at this. Thank you. Hopefully better and better as I go.
listen, you have a great evening. Thank you again for even asking and chatting and it's flattering. And I'm such a fan of yours. I really am. So thank you. I, I loved this. Okay. Take care. Bye-bye. Oh man, I have to tell you that Randy Slavacek is one of the nicest, nicest guys. He and I kind of connected through Twitter originally. I started following the Randy Report. And uh, once in a while, we'd shoot each other uh, a message, a direct message through Twitter. And then it kind of moved into us texting each other. And, uh, you know, every few days, just saying hi or whatever. And we've had phone calls where I've called him up just to ask him one simple question. And an hour and a half later, we're still talking on the phone. He is just such a sweetheart. And I want to make sure that you know that Randy will be back in August during my sweeps period, the voting for the podcast awards. And uh, we're going to be talking in depth about his Broadway career. And I am so excited about that episode. I wanted to do the Randy Report one now so that you all have it available to you. You can find it and read it during the summer. But man, I wanted to do that Broadway episode so badly. And we're going to talk about what he did on Broadway, what he did with touring companies, the different actors and actresses that he has worked with over the years. And what I really want to do in that episode is I really want to get into the nitty gritty of what it truly is like to be a Broadway performer. As you know, by listening to my show, I've always been fascinated by it. And Randy is going to really give us a really good picture of what that's about. So that will be in August. Meanwhile, the next episode of an Older Gay Guy Show podcast is going to be part two on Let's Write a Novel. And that'll be out next week. I'm going to be doing some videos in the next few days for an Older Gay Guy Show YouTube channel and Gym Trainer Joey YouTube channel for the diet. And I promise, promise, promise promise, no, really, really promise that by Sunday night in two days, you will have the final part, the final section of Northridge High Football Camp on the Jockstrap Stories podcast. What happens with Vinny and Vooch? Are they going to get together? Are they not going to get together? Considering there's a sequel book, I hope something happens. (laughs) So that'll be out by Sunday night on Jockstrap Stories podcast. Thank you folks, as always, for joining me. It's wonderful to have you here. I truly appreciate every single one of you. And I will be back very soon. Thank you, my friends. Be well, be safe. Love you all. Bye for now.